on May 2nd, 2021 in Hillam, Tennessee. After an argument, a 25-year-old woman leaps from her bedroom window and is never seen again. Though there were two witnesses, only one walks the earth today. What really happened? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruise Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Caitlin Ledbetter. It's a rough place surrounded by rough terrain. Turkey Town Road in Hillham, Overton County is a place where bad things happen. Caitlin Ledbetter was a quiet 26-year-old woman. She lived with her dad and his girlfriend in a house that used to stand here. She worked and stayed out of trouble until a cool May morning in 2021. On that morning, her father, Scotty Ledbetter, told police that after getting in an argument with his girlfriend, Caitlin jumped out of her bedroom window and ran off into the deep woods. She was wearing like a crop tight t-shirt, um, pajama shorts, no shoes. She had no cell phone. She didn't have a vehicle or a car. And he said when he saw her last, she was headed out into the woods. Terry Loftus knew Caitlin very well because Caitlin was the longtime girlfriend of her son, Dustin. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, Coach, uh, long time no see. Had some... Uh, no man, it's crazy. Medical issues that I'm having to deal with, you know, and then I do have a question though. You did post on the, on the line that we're going to be doing Wednesday postings until we get our schedules back in March. How do you know it's March? I'm just throwing that. That's a superficial date out there. I'm thinking by March we'll either have our shit together or we'll just stay with Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> It's been four years. We ain't got our shit together yet. That's true. Got a lot of faith in us. I have more faith in us than most people. <laughs> However, I want to give a um, shout out, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, our listener, Ed Butler, has been at the emergency room with his new baby which is about six months old, and they have been going through a norovirus. So our thoughts and prayers are with it, and hopefully the baby makes a quick recovery. He did say today when I talked to him that whatever that virus is, his wife has it, and he is starting to feel under the weather. So hopefully it's not running its course between all of the family members, but it's not looking good for young Edward, for him not catching it. But hopefully... His son will be on the speedy recovery track. Yeah, let's hope. Pray and hope. That's all you can do. That's right, baby. That's right. We got us a new patron. If I can pull it up. Yeah, there's. Well, I thought I did. Well, maybe I did. I swear we had a new one, but I guess it's gone. I just see our other lady that. I thought better of it. Yeah, it said, who is this? It says Leanne, the artist known as Leanne. So Leanne says she's been our patron for two years, but it says new patron as of January. 
No, she's been there for a while. I know, but it, I don't understand why I'm getting a notification that she's a new patron in January, even though she's been a patron of ours for two years. So, Well, maybe she upped her amount, or maybe you're an idiot. Well, there is a good possibility <laughs> that, yes, the latter is true. I mean, if history proves. Yeah. History is uh, not on the side of me not being an idiot. So there's that. Well, no new news on the patron front. And also, it's a sad day. Tom Brady lost. And not just lost. Why is that a sad day? Surely you're. I'm not a Brady fan. I was trying to be sarcastic. Because oh. he could have rode off into the sunset, but he chose to come back. And when he came back, he lost Giselle and the wild card game. I mean, come on. There had to be problems there. I mean, really, what kind of, you know, relationship could that have been if she's going to leave him because he wanted to play football? That's what he does. And you know what he's going to do when he retires? He's going to get a job talking about football. That's what I didn't understand. Why didn't he just go ahead, ride off in the sunset like Peyton, and then I know he had two young kids. Just spend some time with your kids and then let the highest bidder come knocking and then go talk about it on Sundays. Or do like Peyton and Eli and just do it from your house and they give you money still. I know. that's The Manning brothers, they got it made. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Like I said earlier, I keep seeing uh, all these uh, TikToks and reels about the playoffs. There's a consensus that since the Giants are the worst team in the playoffs, they're about to win the Super Bowl again. So I couldn't be happier about that. I hope they do. I really do. They got to upset the Eagles. The Eagles playing some pretty damn good football. They are. They're probably the hottest team in football. So um, there was a lot of controversy with the Bengals and the Bills having to play each the other. Bengals. Before. Yeah. The controversy. How the hell you pronounce that? Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals. But anyway, so they were saying that if they – it was horseshit that Casey got the cakewalk and that one of them should have had to play Casey before they should have met in the championship. But anyway, this isn't a sports podcast, and that's why people don't tune into our sports knowledge. That's true. So let's get into our case at hand. And this is a and doozy. A lot of mysteries involved in this, but one of the one of which is the lack of information. Yes. Surprising how little there is to be known about this case, considering that old what is it, white woman syndrome? Yeah, missing white woman syndrome. Missing white woman syndrome is right up that alley, but there's just no information. No, there's not. Now, depending on what article you read, she was either 25 or 26. The um, Charlie Project has her listed as. 26 when she disappeared uh the all the news articles i saw have her listed as 25 when she disappeared Mm. so take your pick it doesn't matter but what we're talking about is caitlin avery ledbetter who was born in 1995 and raised just outside of indianapolis indiana in martinsville indiana which is near her mother's hometown now, Martinsville is about 45 minutes southwest of Indianapolis, and Caitlin was the middle child of three children to Tracy and Scott Ledbetter. 
Her parents had met in the late 1980s and had Caitlin's older sister, Kaylee, in 1993. Kaylee was, or I'm sorry, Caitlin was born in 1995. And then the youngest of the three, her brother, Aaron, was born in 1998. Now, things seem to be going well for the Ledbetter family, and Tracy and Scott own several properties, both in Martinsville and Indianapolis, during the children's younger years. Unfortunately, though, debts would begin to pile up, and stress entered the marriage, culminating with Tracy filing for divorce in 1999. Oddly enough, Scott would move back to Tennessee when the couple split, And after he moves back to Tennessee, it is stated that Tracy just abandons the entire divorce proceedings altogether, stops going to court, stops calling her lawyer. So the court just says to hell with it and dismisses the divorce proceedings in 2000. What? Yeah, it's very odd. And this is just a small oddity in a train full of oddities. Don't be talking about trains when we're talking about Tennessee. Okay, sorry. Yeah, You're following the news. Yeah, you know that. If you have ever had um, Thomas the Train Engine memes, Thomas has a new friend. Listen, <laughs> I saw a meme today that said "fuck the police" and had a picture of that woman, and she was like, "and I took that personally." <laughs> Oh, God, we could go like on a tangent and just be disgusting, but I I refrain. I refrain. Well, here's the other thing. She is not the one that is the worst in the news here lately. There is a lady in Florida that said, hold my beer, and basically doubled or tripled the lady in Tennessee's body count. And, yes, she was a cop and... All of the suitors were cops. So, you know how Florida is. Florida will outdo you in damn near everything. Yes, they will. Except football. They suck. So, (laughs) (laughs) around the same time as the divorce was dismissed, Tracy would give birth to Caitlin's half-baby sister. Tracy would continue to live in Indiana, and not much else is known about Tracy other than There were some charges of battery filed against her in 2002 that were later dismissed. And basically, she has no digital footprint until her death in 2013 when she passed away at the age of 38. Now, at the time of her death, her children were 20, 18, 15, and 13. Caitlin and Aaron would decide to move in with their father, Scott, in Hillam, Tennessee, off of Turkey Town Road. Now, Hillam is 30 minutes north of Cookville, Tennessee, and if you don't know where Cookville's at, Hillam is about an hour and a half from Nashville, headed east. Now, Caitlin's older sister, Kaylee, and the half-sister remained in Indiana with the mother's family. Caitlin would have what most of her friends state was a typical small-town life from the time she arrived in Hillam until May 2nd, 2021. Caitlin, at the time, was either, like we discussed, 25 or 26, and dating a young man named Dustin Loftus. 
on May 2nd, 2021, around 5 a.m., Scott and his girlfriend, Crystal Tyson, would get into an argument. Now, something in that argument would compel Caitlin to leap from a seven-foot window wearing only a crop top and pajama shorts and tear off into the woods. And not only did she leap from a seven-foot window, she kicked out the screen on the window to get out of the home. I'm telling okay, I mean, but you act like that's a hard thing to do. Everybody's making a big deal out of the leap from the window. It's seven feet. No, 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 no. I'm not making a big deal of it. Screens aren't in there very hard, you know. It's just like, and you could tear it if you needed to. That's true. I'm not making a a big deal out of the distance from the ground or the fact that she kicked a screen out. What I'm trying to make a big deal of is what in the holy hell is going on in that house where Caitlin, a 25-year-old young lady, feels that the only way that she can survive is to leap her ass out of a window in her room. Regardless of the height, I don't care. So, and the thing is, according to news reports and descriptions, it was basically twilight when she hit the ground running. Now, that area of Tennessee has been described as hill country, so there's hills and hollers and things like that. So you're talking about, while it may be civil twilight at five-ish when she left the residence, it's still going to be pretty damn dark for you to be tearing off into the woods in May barefoot. Yes, it's going to be a little dewy. For there, sure. There's going to be some briars and bullshit that you're going to have to it, negap- navigate. Yeah, I mean, it's not un, undoable. It's not like you're going to be freezing to death by any means, but it's not the ideal situation. Let's just put it that way. No, it is not. Now, according to those who call Hillam home, this is not an area that you would be running off to in the woods in the daytime, much less the dead of night or the early morning hours. According to local resident Eric Hammock, quote, this isn't a place for a walk in the woods. Far from it. This is some of the roughest terrain that you can find in Jackson County and Clay County and Overton County. It is an area where those three counties converge, and it's nothing but hills and hollers and steep declines, and it's not something that I would even be happy about doing if I had the gear that I needed to do it, end quote. Caitlin left the home so startled and scared that she never grabbed her shoes, her phone, or her ID. Now, Eric. I mean, is it, is it right to say she was scared? I mean, do we know that? How do we confirm that? I mean, she just might have been pissed. That's true, too. I would just say, I guess, startled maybe is a better word. It would make sense that she jumped out the window if, like, let's say they were not letting her leave. That is quite a good uh, insight on your part, Coach. Maybe she felt like that she was being held against her will, and fuck it, I'm out. It's possible. Uh, The express opinions of Mysterious Brews podcast have no bearing on any of our sponsors. It is just opinions. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Eric Hammett got involved in this case, not as a friend, not as a relative, but as a concerned citizen of Overton County who felt that law enforcement wasn't doing enough to find this young woman. Quote, I feel like in this area, if you're not a certain type of person, then you don't get the same response from law enforcement as other people do. You don't get the same treatment as the guy in the nice neighborhood driving Mercedes gets, and you're kind of written off, end quote. Now, Hammock offers this astonishing evidence for his claim that the Overton County Sheriff's Department's first comprehensive full-scale search for Caitlin did not happen until nine months after she leapt from that window on that early morning of May the 2nd, 2021. When asked by Dennis Ferrier of Fox 17 News if he felt as if law enforcement had failed Caitlin, Mr. Hammock says, quote, big time. I don't know of any excuse it could be given to me to say that we waited over nine months to do a search that I would buy, end quote. That's insanity. Right. There's going to, it doesn't matter if they moved out and didn't touch the place for nine months. There's still not going to be any evidence left over. That's ridiculous. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with you, sir. There is no excuse for that. Now, the only information we have about the comings and goings of what was happening inside that house on May the 2nd comes from Caitlin's dad, Scott. And unfortunately, we cannot get his girlfriend, Crystal Tyson's side of the story because fast forward three months and a couple of weeks on August the 24th of 2021, Scott's house is consumed by a fire. And when firefighters arrive, they find the entire house engulfed in flames and as they're extinguishing it, they notice that the basement door is locked. And upon going through the rubble, they find the body of Crystal Tyson in the basement. She was 36 at the time of the fire. What a kawinky dink. So of three people that were in that house on May 2nd, 2021, when Caitlin leapt from the window, only one remains now. So you only have the father, Scott's side of the story. Now, according to him, it was an argument between him and Crystal. But was there things being said that was so god-awful, like Coach hypothesized, that she felt trapped and that was her only way to get out of the house. So that window was her only means of escape. That don't, that don't, that don't even make sense. That makes sense to me. Either she was scared and jumped out or she was mad, just didn't want to fight or something like that. Nothing else kind of makes sense that she would jump out of the window like that. True, true, true. Hey guys, Arlo here, and if you are struggling with the old caffeine in the morning, I have got the fix for you. It is called Magic Mind, and it is just a little two-ounce shot that you drink with your coffee or your energy drinks in the morning. It is chocked full of greatness, 
and it will get you focused. And it really actually has the L-theanine and that lowers your cortisol hormone, which helps absorb that caffeine that you're intaking. Now, Magic Mind has nootropics, adaptogens, matcha green tea, and 12 magical ingredients. That matcha boosts your energy. The adaptogens help with relaxation, and the nootropics keep you focused. A bonus is that it has vitamins C and D along with the echinacea to help your immunity. So head over to magicmind.co backslash brews and enter the promo code BREWS20. That is Brews20, B-R-E-W-S-2-0, and that will give you a 20% off coupon for either a one-time purchase or subscription to a monthly dose of Magic Mind. If you act now and you are using our code within the first 10 days, you can stack that code with one on their website and get up to 45% off. So head over once again to magicmind.co backslash brews and enter the code brews20, B-R-E-W-S-2-0. Now, when you think this case cannot possibly get any more strange, well, buckle up, buttercup, because the original detective on the case would later leave the Overton County Sheriff's Department, apparently because he misplaced evidence in Caitlin's case. Oh, how convenient. Now, the new detective assigned to Caitlin's case would tell the family that they no longer had any evidence, phone records, phone texts, anything from Caitlin before she leapt from the window. So, ne'er a shred of evidence is in the Overton County Sheriff's Department's case file for Miss Caitlin Avery Ledbetter. Now, no one is even sure what all the original detective lost. It's not even clear whether his supervisors knew what he had collected and lost. Obviously, there is not an evidence log because Overton County Sheriff's Office is unaware of what was collected the day she went missing. Now, Fox 17 News attempted to get the Overton County Sheriff, John Garrett, to comment on the status of the case but they never had their phone calls returned. And according to Overton County Sheriff's Department's Facebook page, they took bloodhounds to the residents to see if they could acquire a scent on May the 8th. Now, let me explain something to you dudes is ain't too good at that math. She left on the early morning hours of May the 2nd. Fast forward six whole days, and the sheriff's department says, eh, we might take some bloodhounds out there and see what we can find. I know this comes as a shock, but there was no scent trails found. I, I'm not surprised by that. I'll be honest with you. I'm just saying. <laughs> now, what you do read online is that there was a scent trail found that led into the woods, and I here's the thing. You can't find a good picture, because there's not an address of where this is at, um, of the house, because, A, it's been burnt down for almost two years. Well, we'll be two years in May. Um, 
but what I read was that either if you run across or you run out the window into the woods, those woods terminate close to a road and supposedly tracking dogs were brought in and her scent did stop at the road, which would lead you to believe that she got into a vehicle. But again, I can't find anything of, I guess, good reference other than just hearsay on Web Sleuths and Reddit. So I don't know if that's even true or not. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, is basically all of the facts of the disappearance of Caitlin Avery Ledbetter. What we have left is a lot of conjecture and hypothesis on what could have actually happened. Well, I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure that father knows way more than he's saying. I think you might be right. I think I, mean, I just gotta. I, I don't mean to. I'm not pointing fingers and no, no guilt or nothing, but something's going on. Yes, I agree. Now, Caitlin. Okay, so if you go back and you look into her, I guess, digital history, she did have a Facebook page, but it seems like family got a hold of it and they kind of took off some stuff. But according to what I could find in my research, there was no known drug abuse or mental health issues involved with Caitlin. Now, drug abuse as in she's not doing heroin and all that shit. She did drink. She did smoke a little of them worry for madnesses, but she was not a known heavy user of either one. So you have to ask yourself, what is the most likely reason Caitlin made the decision to jump out of the window wearing nothing but boy shorts and a, I heard it was a tank top, crop top, whatever you want to call it, drop top. Um, was, was there a threat of imminent physical danger that made her leave the residence that way. That would kind of explain why she would leave dressed like that without grabbing anything. It was that fight or flight, and she chose flight. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that makes sense to me. It would have to. I mean, she just, if she wasn't under the influence, if she wasn't, you know, having a psychotic episode, which I don't believe she, either one of those, then that would definitely be the only real reason. I think they're blocking the door. Now, it's not known whether or not Caitlin's father owned any firearms, but I'm just going to tell you from growing up in the South, whether you're a convicted felon or not, there's at least one or two in a residence, especially if you live in the hills and hollers of Tennessee. Now, it was reported on other websites that the argument was not between Scott and Crystal, his girlfriend, but between Scott and Caitlin. Now, there's not really any details about it, and some people theorize that this incident with her father was an ongoing argument that kind of heated up that morning and just came to a head. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. We don't even know if her dad has been brought in for questioning. Now, 
her sister has a Facebook group regarding Caitlin's disappearance. And I think this is the older sister, Kaylee, and it is a private Facebook group that you can get on or request to join. I have not just because I didn't want to wade through conjecture. There's not really, you would think that if there was any facts out there that those screenshots would have been captured and put on either Reddit or web sleuths. And I couldn't find anything. Now, there hasn't been anything notably posted according to people that have commented that are members of that group on the general relationship between Caitlin and Scott. There was not anything that family members or friends have talked about in the public or to news media about whether or not Caitlin was acting strange or sending strange texts. From what I could find, she was acting just like her normal self, nothing out of the ordinary. Now, what we do probably know with a lot of certainty is that Caitlin's father, Scott, his girlfriend, Crystal, and Caitlin are the only three people that know what happened that early morning and Caitlin's missing and Crystal's dead and Scott's not talking. People have theorized that if they saw her running towards the road, that most all of her neighbors knew her and would have helped her escape. Now, that does not mean that she has started a new life in Canada with an illegitimate baby. Nothing. I don't get anything out of you. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I made fun of your Mara Murray theory. What? I said that... Don't you dare. I said that I do doesn't... Apologize. I, was, I got distracted <laughs> by something, but no, 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 no. Back it, back it the fuck up. <laughs> I said that doesn't mean that she got in a car and is living in Canada with an illegitimate baby. <laughs> Listen. What Maura and I have is real. She is a real person. She is my friend. We she just hadn't contacted you yet. She's contacted me directly several times. I just ain't uh, told you about it uh, till now. You're but the one. You, uh, you're the one ferrying the poutine up there because there's a gravy shortage. What? What? There's no poutine. There is no poutine. Canada may cease to exist. Poutine is amazing. Why am I just not hearing about this? Because you don't pay attention. Regardless, do not do not distract me with the poutine shortage. That is horrible. But more Murray is alive. Uh, I can't help but like get my jabs in when I can. Why else would she? <clears throat> why else would the dad bring up all that cash if he wasn't going to fund her trip? Why would she pack up all her shit? Make it easier for <laughs> she's alive. There, you heard it here first. Contact the presses. Coach has solved the most. Insane case in the, that we know of. Okay, so back to our case at hand. Now, here's the thing. What we can, I guess, hypothesize is, or not really that, I guess you can look at it, is there any reason to assume that Caitlin never really left the residence? And that this whole thing of her leaping from the window in her nighttime dress barefoot is a total fabrication on her father, Scott, and his girlfriend, Crystal, to cover up something more nefarious. 
and maybe Crystal got cold feet and started asking questions that Scott didn't want asked and accidentally the house caught on fire. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. That the house caught on fire and the girlfriend got killed. I mean, come on, man. These things happen all the time, right? Yeah. Now, you have to, if you if you go down that little rabbit hole, you have to assume that the scent trail that the dogs found could have been just Caitlin walking around the property because, remember, law enforcement waited six whole days before they brought bloodhounds out there. So they could be picking up an old trek and not necessarily the track that was left the morning in question. So, if she was in the woods without shoes, what's the likelihood that she made it through said dense woods full of briars and bullshit? Because anyone growing up in the South knows that if those woods across from your house or behind your house are not properly maintained, you's going to be cut up like somebody done ripped you to shreds. I mean, that's true, but also the fact she hasn't been seen since. It's been a year and a half. Yes. There's not even been a single sighting. Nothing. You you left with nothing. You don't even have shoes. You don't have your wallet. You don't have your phone. You don't have anything. How are you going to make it in this world with nothing? And the other thing is her... Boyfriend states and her boyfriend's mother have stated in the news media that it was not like her to miss like work or birthdays or anniversaries or go a long period of time without checking in with boyfriend and or mom. Cause I think this was a long, like they had been dating 18 months, I think. So they were pretty serious. Now there's a Reddit user called delusional me and he states that the family has a very different story, and that would be Caitlin's sisters and brother. Hmm. So he states, quote, I think the father absolutely had something to do with her disappearance, and the girlfriend was starting to think about going to the authorities, and she was dealt with as well. The, one of the sisters says that every time they talked to Crystal, the girlfriend, there was more information and the story started to change each time. And then all of a sudden the house burns down and the girlfriend's gone. Now the father and the girlfriend were heavy drug users. This was known. He was uh, a very abusive man when um, high on said drugs, even going as far as to turn off the water to the residents while Caitlin tried to shower. Now, Caitlin's boyfriend had a, quote, different kind of relationship with Scott, and that was also violent and abusive. Now, Crystal, the father's girlfriend, told the sister that the fight that morning was not between her and Scott, but it was between Caitlin trying to sacrifice Crystal and to get information that Crystal had on her, which totally reeks of some meth-induced paranoia going on there on the girlfriend's side. So, I mean, 
if you sit there and tell this poor girl's sister that the argument that night or morning was because Caitlin was considering sacrificing the dog in the house, pretty sure that's not necessarily true. Huh. They may have some methamphetamines in that recollection. Yeah, I mean, it's starting to sound that way, huh? Yes. Now, it says that Scott treated all of his kids and even his previous wife extremely terrible, and all of his daughters called him a sociopath. The father wanted to sleep in instead of filing a police report with uh, the sister Kaylee and her brother Aaron. Now, here's what's crazy. They said that at 7.30 a.m., several family members received a text from Caitlin's phone saying, took off, and it was grammatically incorrect, which was not a trait of Caitlin's, and the terminology did not match what she usually texts. Now, Kaylee would go on and state, along with her Aunt Tonda, that Caitlin wouldn't wear shorts around her dad because she was very uncomfortable of what would happen if she showed any skin around him, that he would ridicule her, make fun of her, cuss her, call her everything that you could think of for showing too much skin. Really? Yes. So the father is supposedly on record telling Kaylee, the oldest sister, and the aunt Tonda not to go search in the woods because he knows she's not in there. Uh, the boyfriend, Her boyfriend was not allowed into the house or her room, even though there was things that belonged to him in there because supposedly that is where the fight took place. But he was allowed in when Kaylee's sister was in town. But by that time, lots of things had been moved around. Now, I, I don't know. I, it, there's just too many questions right now. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't think she ever made it out the window. I don't either because it sounds like something. I can't say what happened, but the fact that she's never been seen or heard of or anything like that I just leans towards just her never making it out that window. Unless. Because then. I, I don't know. My problem is, how do you not, in the investigation, how do you not have the the cell phone records? And I know he shit the uh, investigator shit the bed by losing evidence. I mean, it's not like they couldn't pull it again. It's digital, for God's sakes. It's not like the old tapes at the gas station that we re-record the security footage on. It's true. A lot of people say that this was a meth binge gone wrong. She just happened to do something, come out of her room or help the dog. And they thought she was some kind of crazy demon and they killed her and disposed of her body. Again, this is all conjecture. Now I know this may come as a shock, but police are very defensive when you talk about their neglect and unconcerned passivity on this case. Kaylee, the oldest sister, said that they were even hostile towards them when she made 
Scott, her father, file a missing persons report. Now, there is an interview that I was telling Coach about, and it's going to be my recommendation, but I have to give you a disclaimer in said uh, recommendation. It is an hour and a half, and it's one of those that you can just listen to. You don't have to w- watch it. Um, but the, it's a phone interview, and there's certain other people on there, but the older sister Kaylee and Caitlin's aunt Tonda are on there. Make sure you have the captions on because if you don't and you try to just listen to it, there's a lot of words that kind of get, it sounds like they're talking in a tin can chewing on a fork. I know that's hard to believe, but it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we, I think we've gotten a little better. I don't think we're, we're chewing on a fork anymore. No, no, no. We have gotten higher class stuff. We're still just learning as we go though. Now, according to family members, that 5.30, 5 o'clock time frame has changed about four times when they talked to Scott, the dad. Now, Caitlin allegedly, like I said, sent her sister Kaylee, the older one, and her aunt a text message, which they immediately said raised alarm bells. Not only was it headed out, but it was also something along the lines of dealing with her grandparents and Kaylee says that the way it was referenced, she says, quote, my grandparents. Kaylee said that was a red flag to her because Caitlin and her, they never called them our grandparents. They called them, you know, grandma so-and-so and and grandpa so-and-so. They never Uh said my grandparents. So it would be like, I don't know the lady's name, but let's just say Granny Judy and Papa Jim. So it was never my grandparents. So whoever was using her phone was not her that night. And they said that she basically had to use her phone with a Wi-Fi enabled whatever. She didn't have cellular service. It was just a Wi-Fi based phone. Now they go on in the interview with, and the YouTube page is called TCS Actually, it's TC Spotlight, not TCS, but TC Spotlight. And yes, that uh, stands for True Crime Spotlight. Now, Kaylee states that her dad had told her not to come down to Tennessee from Indiana to look for Caitlin because Caitlin was okay and she would be back home soon. But the morning after Caitlin leaves the premises, Kaylee gets in the car with her brother Aaron. They drive down there and find that not only is Scott still asleep, he's not even thought about filing a missing persons report. So Kaylee wakes his goofy butt up and requires him to go to the police, which is the local sheriff's office, and file a report. Now, it's not very clear. He either slept in until 9.30 a.m., or he slept in and dragged ass around until 9.30 p.m. before filing said report. Now, Scott goes on to tell Kaylee that the police tell him that Caitlin is an adult and she has the right to go missing and they will not take a missing person's report. Kaylee loses her shit and says that, did you tell her that she leapt from her bedroom window and run off into the woods? And Scott supposedly responds no 
Scott and girlfriend Crystal have no paperwork, no copies of any reports, nothing that says they actually went to the sheriff's department. Now, Kaylee says that she stays in Hillam for four days looking for Caitlin and that the day she took Scott to file the report at the sheriff's office, her and her brother Aaron, after this whole report debacle, along with Scott and girlfriend Crystal, searched the woods that Caitlin reportedly ran towards. Now, Kaylee says within an hour of searching, Scott becomes a belligerent ass and starts cussing her and her brother and starts mocking them for their over-dramatic concern for their sister, Caitlin. Kaylee then states that Scott searches for Caitlin by himself for two hours with her brother's gun and comes back without his shirt on, crying, saying, quote, she's gone, I can't find her, she's never coming back. What? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Now, Kaylee said she found this to be extremely strange because he returns to the house without a shirt on, and it was a miserable, misty, cold, rainy day during this supposed search. She says that he then enters the home, sits on the arm of one of his couches, and openly sobs for 45 minutes, stating, my girl is gone over and over and over again. Kaylee says that she had never seen her father cry like that before or since, and that was the only day that Scott, according to Kaylee and Aunt Tonda and Brother Aaron, looked for Caitlin. That was the only time he has looked for her. So Kaylee feels that from the first phone call that she received that Caitlin was missing, that she was not getting the full story. And now Scott tells Kaylee that he and Caitlin had gotten into an argument over Caitlin's boyfriend staying all night with her in his house, and Scott didn't take too kindly to that. So that's the third story. So supposedly, you know, the first story about her leaving was that Scott and Crystal, the girlfriend, got into an argument, and Caitlin just jumped out the window and ran into the woods. The second story comes from Crystal, and she says that Caitlin tried to sacrifice the family dog, and when confronted by it, she ran and jumped out the window, which we have kind of come to the conclusion that that's probably meth-fueled story right there. The third one supposedly comes from Scott himself and says that there was an argument not between him and Crystal, but between him and Caitlin over Caitlin's boyfriend staying the night. So, there you have it. There's three different yeah. stories that can go in three different ways. Yeah, that second one, for sure, if that's true, that's definitely a meth. Uh, that's the sort of thing you only get the idea how on meth. I don't yeah. think there's any other drug you can take, maybe PCP, that makes you think it's a good idea to sacrifice the dog. Or the fact that it, some 25-year-old girl leaves her bedroom to go get a drink and you look at her like, oh God, she's going to kill the dog. So yeah. And now listen, that is all, that is not our opinions. Like I said, these are all the musings and theories out there on the interwebs. And I have not, I got about 20 minutes into that YouTube video where the sister and the aunt are interviewed. 
and we'll put a link in our well i'll try to put a link i may just do a screenshot since instagram you can't click on links if i was real smart i'd update our link tree with the link on there that may happen i don't know but anyway i'm going to recommend the tc spotlight youtube channel it's unraveling tennessee five caitlin ledbetter where what did she find out? And so, like I said, I'm about 20 minutes into it. It's an hour and 38 minutes, 39 minutes long. Um, you don't technically have to watch it, but you might need the closed caption on just so you can figure out what the hell they're saying. And I'm pretty good at watching Moonshiners and not reading. So, <laughs> <laughs> If you can understand Jim, Tom, and Tickle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm good with both of them. I'm not, I'm not so keen on what I have tried to listen to so far. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the odd case of Caitlin Avery Ledbetter. If you happen to be from the great state of Tennessee near Hillam or Cookville or southern Kentucky where it's close to Hillam, and you have some insights on this case please contact us at mysteriousbrews at gmail.com we will keep your name anonymous and let us know what you think uh, we will be posting pictures of caitlin trying to get her uh, picture out there and hopefully there's some resolution that comes quick so with that said coach what is your recommendation i'm gonna recommend a netflix documentary called the hatchet wielding hitchhiker Hmm. How come I have never heard of said documentary? Oh, you've seen the video, brother. It's a viral video of the he's wearing a oh, red yeah, shirt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Smash a smash a smash. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. I, I agree with you. I have. Well, I stand corrected. They've done a documentary against uh, about that young man because he went from being a national sensation to being convicted of murder. Hmm. Do say, Coach, do say. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just telling you that's what happened. Are you sure you're not going to say anything else? That's all I've got to say, brother. Did he use... <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> Did he use a hatchet in the second murder? No, no. Did he look at the authorities and say... Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But anyway, Coach, you got anything else? <laughs> you You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> you know I don't. Oh, uh, deuces.